fellowship. I haven't been in school in a very long time, so that just that brought me right back. Uh, speaking of mentally going places, I won't tell you where I went when I walked outside this morning, and it was two degrees. Um, it was Meyer. I went to Meyer, um, but it, it's very cold outside, and the weather is frightful. And I am so glad, on behalf of this team and this church, that you chose to be here today. We have a really cool treat. Uh, for you, as you can see, Pastor's not up here. He's up here in spirit, but um, there are there are three solid pieces of him in these couples. Then we're going to pour into you tonight of what we have learned about kingdom investment. Does that sound good? Um, a little bit about me. My name is Kendra. I have been here for almost four years. I can't even believe that. I found a really great thing. Um, in a man named Derek, who gave me some announcements to share with you. This Saturday at 7 p.m. is all church prayer. Um, if, if you're a student, you need to come. If you're a toddler, you need to come. If you are older than you, you would like to be, you need to come. Um, everyone needs to come. It is a wonderful time. And then next Wednesday, everybody say next Wednesday. We are starting a brand new series. It's going to be the Knowledge Project series on relationships, and you're not going to want to miss it. Because it's coming up so quickly, we wanted to let you know that you can pre-order your workbooks in the bookstore tonight after church. Those are going to be $12, and you can do that with Sister Hudiger. And if you've never met Sister Hudiger, you owe it to yourself to stop by that bookstore and meet Sister Hudiger and buy yourself a book. Are we all good? We all got it? Wonderful. As I said, my name is Kendra, but I do want to introduce to you some of the pastoral team, the not some of, the pastoral team here tonight. We're going to start with Zach and Lacey Fisher. They have attended New Life for about 12 years. They are our ministers of music, but they are not just confined to music. They do all kinds of things. And Zach would love to tell you all about the things that he, that he does, if you would corner him with a hug after church. Next, we have Ryan and Amanda Wallace. They have been here for close to 30 years, maybe. Uh, yeah, close to 30 years. They are our children's pastors. They are running our children's department, doing a phenomenal job. But like Zach and Lacey, that is not their only thing. That is not their only zone. They do several, several things. I'm very excited to hear from them. And then we have Pastor Andrew and Sister Crystal. I don't know why I just said pastor for him and not the others. Don't read into that. I'll stop talking about it. They have been here for close to almost 11 years, and they are our student pastors. But again, like the other couples, they are not just student pastors. That is not their only zone. They have their hands in a lot. And all three of the women that you see here are excellent mothers. And all three of the men that you see here are excellent fathers. Can you give the panel a hand tonight? Here at New Life, I don't know how many of you were, um, were here on Sunday morning and you saw the video that, that we showed. Can you raise your hand? Students, did you guys see the video? Okay. Okay, good. As you know, we are breaking ground. And that does not just mean a shovel and some construction going on outside. We are breaking ground in all kinds of areas in our, in our lives this year. We're breaking ground emotionally. We're breaking ground spiritually. And we're definitely breaking ground financially. 
And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We have, we have a, lot of, a lot of ground to cover in a short amount of time, but I do think that you're going to be very blessed and very interested to hear some of the information that you'll hear. So from the past, we're going to ask the question to each of our panel members, what has new life meant to you from the time that you started attending until now? And I know that just asking that question, you can just feel that rise in the room. And all of us can probably answer and say, well, how much time do you have? Because what all has transpired in our lives from the time that we started attending this place until now. But if you guys can just give us a brief snapshot, I want to start with um, Zach and Lacey. Uh, to me, New Life is, this is, this is my place. This is my house. Um, New life means everything to me, so I'm assuming if everyone's here, this it means everything to you, too. And this is, this is a place of refuge, um, you know, to the point to where coming out of a place of complacency into, into a place of purpose, and I, I think it's fair to say you can serve your way into purpose and to, into your calling. So I think, to me, this is everything it's encompassed. I've grown here. My relationship with God, with what it was and where it is today, this is all I, I know and I remember. This is where I feel like I became who I am today. Uh, for me, new life is a new beginning. I was 23 when we came here, which doesn't seem long ago, but I guess it was long ago. And I came with two babies. And when I stepped into new life, the first thing I felt was unconditional love. I probably looked tired when I walked in because Carla Doherty met me at the door and said, Oh, your beautiful baby, let me see her, and grabbed Anna and took her. And from that moment on, I was still working full time, and she kept Anna for us. Um, new life to me taught me how to be a wife. It taught me how to be a mom. It taught me how to grow spiritually. I was dry and I was lost. I was wandering and I was just wanting somebody to show me the way. And there was a group of people who gave me a drink of fresh water and a warm blanket of love. And I feel like still to this day, that is what New Life feels every Sunday when we walk in here. So it's very good. I can relate to that a lot. I feel the same way. Amanda? Yes, we didn't share notes, but my first word was everything. The church is everything to me. This is my life. Um, I started at Home Avenue. My sister brought me when I was 10 years old. In 1992, we moved across the street, um, Chamberlain, and um, I started at 12 years old, and I started working and serving. Um, I would get upset if I couldn't come to church. If, if mom told me I couldn't come to church, I would cry. I would pout. I would stomp my feet. So I tell you, this is my life. I love the church. I came in. Um, I started serving when I was 12. Um, Sister Carla Doherty, I was right beside her teaching Sunday school. I did kids' church. I started when I was young. So basically, um, I've learned just we love big. We work hard, and we serve all the time. And you'll find an excitement, and you'll find your place here. And that's how I was. New life is my life. 
It's it's the center of our our life. The Lord is. Um, Mom came in 1992-ish. I was 10 years old in the fourth grade. Um, I changed elementary schools. We had moved, so that year was a big, it was a lot of movement going on. It was a good move. It was a move of commitment. Um, I remember making um, commitments at age 10 that I still have today. Um, new life for us, when we, we, we came here, um, first of all, we prayed, we were sent here. It's, it's the Lord's will that we're here today. I'll say that. Uh, Crystal and I prayed, and it was very much a Jeremiah twenty nine eleven thing for us, for, the, for I know the plans I have for you. This is a plan for us to be here. Um, we prayed, and we came. I can tell you that we didn't come here for, uh, for position. Uh, we came here because we wanted a church. We wanted an apostolic Pentecostal church. For our children to to grow up in, uh, Isaac and Eli Adeline wasn't here yet, and um, we got that. And I, I can tell you, that Pastor Sir Stanley and the leadership here taught us a lot. We learned a lot by observing, by watching. My language changed, my speech, my conversation changed, how I dealt with people changed, and in, in just a loving way. And um, I, can, I can remember when I came, I started serving the youth, and. We actually were in, I think, what is now the ladies' house, and it was one room in that ladies' house, and it was we call it the hot box, uh, because there was a window unit, and all the youth uh, huddled around the window unit. They, they fought for it, and, and and if you didn't get to the sanctuary, we, we came when the old sanctuary was still here. We weren't in this building yet. And if you didn't get there early, you either uh, stood or you sat behind the pillar, <laughs> And so those, those, it was very hot and sweaty. Uh, the kids slid down the, the little stairwell bump. And those were, those, were, those were good times for us. I'm so glad we got to experience that before we came here and, and, and got a little bit of grasp of, of the history that was in this place uh, before we came. And uh, just very, very appreciative of, of all the people who prayed and fasted and, and sacrificed before we came. Um, it means everything. It truly means everything to us, um, just like everyone else here. God is so good, and he's so faithful. Um, our two boys were baptized here. They received the Holy Ghost here. You can't put a price on that. God is so good in what he's doing, and I'm just thankful that we're a part of it. I'm thankful that we have the opportunity to serve, and we're with people who desire the same to serve. God's just good, and I'm thankful that we're a part of, of New Life Fellowship. Crystal, you said something there. Um, you said you can't put a price on that, and that, that, kind, of, that kind of is a good segue to our, to our next question, because we went through a supernatural giving season with more than enough in um, 2021. How many of you were a part of that? And you remember the effects, the blessings, um, the out of the blue checks in the mailbox. Did anybody get a check in the mailbox? You got a check in the mailbox? You can forward that to 76. You, out of the blue, out of the blue blessings. And a lot of times whenever we think about money, 
whenever we think about giving, seasons of giving, or missions commitments, or um, commitments, uh, money, money commitments, monetary commitments in, in general. We think, God, I'm going to give this to you, and you're going to give the exact amount back to me. I'm going to give you $5, and you're going to give me back either $5 or $10 or $15. And sometimes our mind goes back to that. But we found in more than enough that, that it doesn't always happen that way. And sometimes the blessings far exceed $5 back or $10 back or whatever X amount of dollars that you gave back. And the blessings look different that you can't put a price on. So what were some of those blessings and more than enough that, that happened in your life? God has been so good. More than enough. If you know, you know. It's honestly hard to put into words what all God has done. He has protected, he has kept, and he has sustained us. And I believe that there are things that he has kept us from that we don't even realize would have been even an issue. In the midst of a global pandemic, our family, we did not experience the hardships or the heartaches that so many people have endured. And I'm so thankful that we were spared. I received a miracle that I believe is a direct result from more than enough. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that it was all God. It was not financially related, although God had blessed us. And it was not a physical healing, although he has intervened in unbelievable ways. And when you know, you know. But it was a relationship restoration. This past summer, I was able to see my brother and his beautiful family for the first time in nine years. They live overseas, and so there's quite the distance. And unfortunately, the availability of being able to see them is not always a possibility. And sadly, life can happen, and we had not talked in about four years. The story of Jacob wrestling Esau, or I'm sorry, the story of Jacob wrestling with the Lord just prior to meeting his brother Esau. It had never been more relatable. I understood why Jacob would not let go until he received his blessing. It was a weight that I had carried for so long. But God is so good. And he is faithful. Those moments with my brother, his beautiful wife, and two amazing children. It was priceless. There was no dollar amount that could ever put value on how much that meant to me. To have them in our home, to sitting around our table. And it was in conversations where God revealed to me just how much he hears us. When we don't see our prayers being answered, there's a whole other side. And he showed up, Andrew, he showed up. Things that I had been praying for that I didn't think were even a possibility. 
it had already been addressed. More than enough was far above any building campaign. More than enough was a life changer for our family. And I'm thankful that we were privileged to be a part of it. Is anybody else? I, I, I just want to say that during More Than Enough, um, we, needed, we needed some new appliances. And um, we didn't buy new appliances. We, we laid our hands and pray, prayed on appliances. So during More Than Enough, it's not that we got money to buy new appliances, but we pray. We literally put, uh, Crystal put hands on the refrigerator and prayed in Jesus' name. And um, the refrigerator lasted a little bit longer, but through More Than Enough. And that's, and that's what God can do. He can, he can stretch things. Our, our washer and dryer is on its last leg. I won't tell the story. Um, but it's, it's lasted more than enough. Uh, so I, it's, we're a testament of, you, you don't have to have nice things. I, I think we discovered contentment during more than enough. Um, giving some things and, and just watching what God can do with the things that we already have. And we take care of them. We're good stewards. Uh, we try to we try to do our best. Uh, we may not have the best top notch Cadillac of the washer or dryer, but we've had the same one for before we got married. Actually, it was my washer and dryer. So God's been good to us. I do have something to share. Uh, more than enough, Crystal. You said it wasn't all monetary, and that was definitely for us. Um, we started more than enough, and it, during the process of that, I had went to the doctor, and they found a spot that they were concerned about, and we prayed. We had high faith, and we kept going, and each month, during more than enough, I had to go back. <laughs> and every month, I would go back and have the scan. I had high faith, and I just knew they were going to tell me it was gone. And every month I'd go back and they said, it's bigger. And I would go and talk to Zach. And in the process of this, realizing the Lord was teaching me, one, to walk at his pace, and two, to walk in peace. And I didn't realize that I was learning some lessons along the way with more than enough as well. And more than enough ended, and we felt as a team just, Victory. The Lord, 1.2, am I 1.2 million? Am I right? Is that what we, close, I'm close. We, a lot of money. <laughs> we raised in 12 weeks and our faith was just, that was incredible to see what God's people can do when we all are in unity and we're all thinking the same things. And I kept going. I had scans in September, October, November, bigger, bigger, bigger. We still prayed. We believed. And just this week, on Monday, I was sent to a team of specialists in Indianapolis to prepare for what I thought was going to be a pretty nasty surgery. And I thought, okay, Lord, you're teaching me peace. This is going to happen. I just need, I'm sorry, I just need to sidetrack to a November Wednesday night Bible study where pastors spoke on communion and how when we take communion, 
we can receive our healing in that communion. Side note, Wednesday night Bible studies are important. They are important. And in that night, I felt the Lord touch me. I felt warmth. I had never experienced that before. And I went back to the doctor after that, and they said it was still there. But Monday morning at the surgeon's office, there was nothing there. God had completely taken that. We experienced God being more than enough after more than enough. And the doctor, of course, said, oh, they must, I'm so sorry, they must have messed that scar tissue. And I thought, no, there's no scar tissue. That's what God can do. He is more than enough. I've heard pastors say it several times. You can't afford not to give. You you can't afford not to give. And we cannot outgive God. There's just there's just no way. Sometimes I was I was praying about the more than enough offerings and like, God, what you know, what do you want me to give? And and then I thought of just this astronomical number and I just I kind of felt him chuckle and he's like, You think that's something? You you think that's something? I own so much cattle. He can do, he can do yes. anything, yes. anything. He can restore families. He can restore bodies. He can do anything. It's, it's more than just money. It's a lifestyle. Right. Does anybody have anything else to weigh in before I move forward? Okay. So we're breaking ground. We're, we're in the future piece. And we're going to spend some time here. We're doing really good on time. So I, I want to spend some time here. We're breaking ground spiritually, emotionally, and financially. So regarding finances, we're all under limitations of where our money goes, how much we have. How do you manage your money as far as giving? Um, How does your family manage what goes where? Missions, tithing, offering, building fund, etc. And whichever of the men want to start, they can go ahead. Budget man. (laughs) Uh, you know, I believe managing, uh, get, you know, managing giving starts with intent of the heart. Um, you know, being a, a good steward, you know, being a good manager, you have to, you have to know what's going on. Um, but it also starts the intent of the heart first. So if I'm going to obey the word of the Lord, I need to make sure that any, before I pay any bill, anything I ever do, I'm not going to pay my tithes. I'm going to return back what that was what was given to me. I'm not. I'm not going to pay that. I'm just going to give it back. It's in their mind to begin with. And before I do anything, that's that's the first thing we do. The, the very first thing we do. You know. And if you know, how can I expect God to let me be a good steward of other things if I can't start with being a good steward of finances? So if I'm not returning um, my tithe. First, you know, I shouldn't expect, you know, why shouldn't question God, doubt God for any other things that's not happening? Why am I not growing in this area? Why, why is this not happening for me? When it comes to managing offerings, building funds, uh, more than enough, yeah, I look at that in multiple different ways. Um, 
first, I think when it, when it comes to that, Lacey and I pray about what to give. Um, when, we, when we give missions, our commission's commitment, our goal is to give more the next year, that we just start there. We know we want to give more the next year. And whether that's $5 more on top of what we just gave each month, if it's another 25 whatever, whatever that amount is, well, that's where we start. And then we pray about where do we want to be aligned at with that. There's, there's, there's such a spiritual aspect of, of sacrificial giving as well. With more than enough, it was whatever came in, that's what we wanted to give. And we didn't want to just limit. Now, Lacey, Lacey knows that I can kind of squeeze the budget sometimes really tight and be like, you know, we just need to cut that. Well, that's more than enough. Let's just give it. Um, you know, I, let's just give. Like, I don't care. I'll just, I'd rather just give it all away. And, um, you know, sometimes too tight maybe. Maybe I squeeze it a little too much. But um, I, I, I just, that's just how I look at it. I want to be able to just give how much I can. But the aspect when we're praying for more than enough and how, what to give I had a dollar amount I thought was there, but then the Lord checked me. He's like, no, whatever I, whatever I, whatever I lay in your hands, I, you cannot close that back in. I have to keep my hands open the whole time to give whatever the Lord gave me. So if it was $200 for that week, if it was 1000 for that week, whatever that amount was, that's what I gave, regardless of what I thought in my practical mind, because I'm very practical when it comes to this kind of stuff sometimes, and I have to kind of you know, kill that flesh and just stop for a second and just wait and listen to the Lord. And whatever I had in my hands, that's what we gave. We talked about it. Communication is important with giving. It's, it's important. It's important we talk about finances a lot together. So I, that's just where I land with all of that. There's a practical side of it. You have to budget. You have to know where you're at. The more debt you have, the less you can give because it's the more you're giving away to a lender. The Bible talks about the borrower's slaves to the lender. So the more debt you have the harder it is to give. And the more you have an open hand to give and the less debt you have, the easier it is to just let it go. Um, Adding to the more than enough, I believe that as we were talking, kind of as as more than enough grew and was, and and, uh, um, the Lord spoke to Amanda it was more of an open hand. It was a walk of faith. Um, I think thinking back to just think across the road when we were dreaming of where we're at right now, you know, we had a commitment card. We wrote down a number. We prayed about the number. I remember I got a number, an amount, and um, I was driving to work. I could tell you I was at Old Maple and 40. And I always try to decide whether I'm going to 40 or whether I'm cutting through the gravel. You know, that's the decision. That's the decision right there. Do you cut through or do you go straight? And I should have been thinking about that. And the Lord said, double it. Double it. Um, Lord, I just doubled how many kids I had. We had two and now we got four. What do you mean double it? But that's what he said, you know. Uh, but he did, and uh, we had a number at Just Think. But more than enough was different. Of course, we were different than what we were 10 years ago. 
where we are is different. We felt like the Lord was leading us, not always just the same way. And it was more of, what's in my hand? Am I going to, you know, am I going to give 50% or am I going to, you know, am I going to percentile this thing or am I going to, you know, but it, it, for more than enough, it was whatever you bring my way, I'm just going to pass it through. I'm just going to pass it through. That's what more than enough was. And um, I remember we talked and with, uh, you know, it's the first of the year, tax returns, all, you know, I, I start calculating, I like going through, okay, March, April, May, June, whatever, you know, you start thinking about what it is. And stuff that we thought was going to come in didn't come in. It was different things, different opportunities, different, you know. Uh, um, I don't watch TV. I just f- try to work, do something, whatever, find something to do. And it, I was always, you know, always busy, always, you know. And it seemed like after more than enough, after we decided, you know, hey, there's that time of 12 weeks that's what we said we said it was a period of 12 weeks lord what are you going to give what are you going to do we're going to do and it was after that 12 weeks that it seemed like what came in was all the things we thought we were planning for like we were trying to map it out but you know the lord showed us that you know you don't need my map you know he doesn't need he, he did it and it was really amazing to see how the lord did that and I didn't expect it it wasn't mine it wasn't you know something that we conjured up it was it was a move of the spirit and um so breaking ground I'm excited because um I didn't even pull out the map this time you know I'm not I'm not gonna we're gonna just um walk by faith and we're gonna be happy and we're gonna do it so that was the you know the blessings just it was incredible it was awesome Ryan you said something there um you you talked about giving what you have in your hand whether it be your time and it's it's so I I just I think about the spirit of giving that swept over us and how nature itself even teaches us when the clouds get too full there has to be rain we really do have more than enough of everything that we need right in our hands. And when it's returned to the Lord, it just it can be multiplied. So, Pastor Andrew, how, how does your family look at doing, um, uh, in an organized fashion, giving? And what do you do with that multiplication in your hands, with, with the extra that you have? We were just on the couch last night together. We, we held a, a budget meeting. I don't know if anybody's ever, ever held a budget meeting I don't particularly like budget meetings. <clears throat> I'm, I'm the spender, actually, by, by nature. I'm orange. If you don't know what that is, Sister Shock, wherever you're at, come teach us. Um, Sister Crystal, she's very organized. Um, but we, but I've get, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. And we just had a meeting last night and looking at some things that are coming out, um, what we could cut. I think I there's three or four things that we cut. And um, so what Zach said... Is, is key is communication is a big big part uh, there shouldn't be just one person if you're married in the household making all the decisions it should be a team effort working together um i'm the, I'm the main driver of that i don't want to burden crystal with all those decisions um and when it comes to giving we last year during more than enough it, 
I echo what they said. It's, we didn't talk about this at all before we got up here, but we, did, we tried to map it out too. We thought, this is going to be awesome. We're, this is what we're going to give, and it was completely different. It was just a different, different way of giving. It was biblical. I believe that what God did in our church was amazing. And things begin to open up uh, in, in our lives in uh, means of discretionary, not discretionary, but extra income. So I have a day-to-day job, and then we got some time at home. You know, what most people do when they get home, they usually, they want to relax. They want to sit down. I, I heard what Ryan said, and he does not sit down, ever. If he sits down, it's usually in a bulldozer or a tractor. He's knocking something down, making some money. And so the, the Lord has given us an ability to, to do these things. We're not trying to sacrifice time with our family, our kids, or anything like that. We want to balance all that, balance things with the church. We actually plan our life around the church. We don't plan, plan our life. We don't plan the church around our life. We want to do the same thing with our finances. Um, and so I started doing some extra things outside of my normal day-to-day job to make some extra income. And because we made some decisions to cut some things out, hey, we don't need this. We don't really need that subscription. We don't really need... Uh, God began to open doors for other avenues of income to come into our house, and God began to bless us. And so that was, that was a blessing to us. I don't know if, if everybody got their, their um, giving statements. That's an exciting time, giving statements. And um, not, not just a joyful thing. It is really cool to see what you gave and something to be proud of, certainly. But it's also a moment to say, you know, we could do better. We're going to do better this year. And so we've seen that. Actually, uh, I reached out to Sister Rochelle. She's our secretary here. And I didn't see the kids. And I forgot they don't have emails that they mail it to us. And I was excited to see the kids. The kids gave. So it involved the whole house into giving and to make it a conversation in the home around your table if you're at dinner and you're talking about this is all, all good for the family to talk about together, not just one person in the house. So we, giving is a big piece of what we do and, and how we conversate in the home. I will add that what we make the most, the way I want to say it is, the most, the thing that you think about the most becomes your priority. So we prioritize big vacations, we prioritize sports, new clothes, a new car, I need a new house. Whatever becomes the number one thought in your mind, you prioritize that. And the thing that we learned along the way is it wasn't that we couldn't give, we just weren't prioritizing it. And I think for us, that was something that we learned. Anyone can give. Is it your number one priority to give? My 11-year-old can give because we've made it a priority in our home that if you sell corn... (laughs) The kids sold corn together. If you sell corn that Brother Coffee gave to the youth group, if you sell corn, you can, most kids would pocket that money and go, I don't even know what they buy, but they would buy something. But it was a priority in our home to give. That's all we talked about. We're more than enough. We're giving. We were side hustling. We did Instacart and I'm shipped and all the things because it became a priority in our home so i just i want to debunk that thought of well i can't give i don't make enough money i don't know you can give if it becomes your priority 
I, I think that I think that the young people are doing such a good job with this. When she said something about the corn, I just wanted to say this real quick. We have the we have the the corn market cornered. I'm trying to be funny, but I I think the coach for our boys really they sold the most corn, thousands of dollars worth of corn. The young people gave thousands of dollars towards missions this year, last year. Um, and they have a heart for it. And so I can tell that's in the homes. I so appreciate the parents talking about giving to, to Move the Mission, missions in general. It's not a plug for Move the Mission, but that's what we do. We're a giving church. That's what we're trying to get to as a giving church. I'm going to throw a curveball, and there's a question that's not on the list that I feel to ask. And, and if I need to be chased out with torches, that will be fine. I, I, I will submit to that. There's a critical spirit of the age that, and it's, it's mammon. It's, it's the idolatry of mammon and money and the lust of money and things. In your conversations, if it has ever come up, or if you see it potentially come up because you are all in the marketplace working, and there's a conversation that someone approaches you and says, why do you give all of your money and your time and resources to a church? Where does that actually go? Why are you choosing to spend it there? And they're approaching it just from a very analytical surface. No, no knowledge of the supernatural. No, no knowledge of that. What in your gut rises up of why it's important to give? Yes, Ryan. I'll answer that. My, my perspective I see in our world today, maybe not, that families spend hundreds of dollars chasing, and I do it, we do it a little bit, chasing around ball teams, hotel rooms, all kinds of things, wherever our focus is. And I'm picking on because we play, we like to play basketball. But whatever our focus is, we're going to invest in. Um... I'll tell my children, I'm not investing in, for myself, not, this isn't anything, but I'm not going to invest in every weekend in hopes that you get a scholarship to go to a liberal arts or a li some kind of a school somewhere that cost our family so much time. You can't get it back. Um, I don't know that life. Wouldn't know it a little bit. I I push against it, probably because I don't want to eat crow, maybe or whatever the term is. But um, I'd rather mow the grass. I'd rather invest in this place. Where rust and moth doesn't corrupt. Wow. You know? And I want everybody to go to college that can. I want you to live debt free and, and go to school without a lot of debt or any at all. But um, probably I worry that you may not learn everything you need to learn from a layup drill or 
or ground ball drill or volleyball drills or all of that. But if you learn how to work with a volunteer team that can't be fired, <laughs> you guys ever led a team of volunteers that can't be fired? That, um, you know, you're, you're loving somebody that, that your baby just bit their baby on the arm and you're like feeling terrible and they could just walk out and be bruised and offended for the rest of their life. But working in here, there's so many more opportunities, there's, there's so many opportunities of connection with people that the Lord will open up those doors that not necessarily, you know, and I know there's social and, and, and so many other things, but there's a value. There is a value to investing in the kingdom of God that's much, much more than miles and miles and hotel rooms and, and just pouring into good pastor, our, our, our marriage retreats teach us and you've taught us is we're Lord willing my kids are going to move out of my house one day and we're going to have a marriage when they're gone a marriage and no mortgage that's my goal right and um, that's that's why that's why I will spend my weekends and nights side hustling you know um, because we're going to do something we're going to do something so um, you know it was it was wonderful to help do whatever little piece we do you know whatever we do you know to make it make it a possibility to volunteer more at, at the church I, I think about what in our life what we do what we have in order to bless the church but I think of the multimedia I think of uh, the, the online things things that you skills that you can learn in the church that businesses are begging for businesses in the marketplace are begging for Somebody that knows how to run a camera or speak, you know, to, to do television commercials or whatever. There's all kinds of things that we do in the house of God that transfer over the skill set, that transfer over to real life, to, to outside, to day-to-day -day life, I should say. So um, investing in the church is never, it never comes, you know, never comes back void we're always there well he, he said that that was so good and he lives it too and his boys live it and his girls live it too you can see them mowing the grass anytime bouncing up and down <laughs> um, I, I don't know if, if you're familiar with the workplace or powerpoints or those kind of things or you're meeting in boardrooms those kind of things when I'm at a work convention or a conference, I'm always looking, I'm like, oh, new life could do us so much better. And that, what he said is so true. 
And maybe investing in the kingdom of God with your child, your young person, and giving. The reason why I invest is because it builds up the generations, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to return exponentially. You can't, you can't even compute what that's going to look like. And the reason why we give is because God's economy is way, way different than man's economy. It's, it's just completely different. And God's, God's return on investment is eternal. And so that's why we give. And, and um, that's why we invest. I've learned that at a young age. My mom and dad served. And my dad, he would go outside and prune the trees. And we would, we would go to the church and sweep the carpets. And we had, a, we, had, we had a carpet that you can actually make lines in the, in the carpet. And I would take pride and I would make like baseball field designs. I'd get really mad if somebody stepped on those. Learned that by serving in the church, not by... Um, I played baseball growing up. Zach traveled just a little bit and then it got to be too much to where it's, we got to spend time in the kingdom. It's just, it just means a lot more. When that conversation comes up at work, it's came up so many times. Um, not just in the work in the marketplace. You know, we've, uh, Pastor Andrew, I've been, been around the beverage industry for several, several years now. When those conversations, they know what we're doing here. They know where we're at. So those conversations have shifted over the last several years. Um, hey, when are you guys building next? Hey, what are you guys doing next? And people are watching. And I think that's, that's what's exciting is that, is that those conversations, I don't really have those conversations anymore. Now I can, a lot of those conversations have formed to talk about what we did. Um, people that I would have never thought watched our online Christmas concert watched the Christmas concert. And I think a lot of those conversations were tough a, a long time ago. Why do, you, why do you spend so much time there? Why are you there all the time? Well, I'll go back to question number one. This this is my everything. This is this is all we. This is all I have. This is all our family has. This is what we do. This is this is all we do. And so, when I have those conversations now, I just use it to segue into other conversations. To talk about the Lord. To talk about what the church is doing. We're growing. We're building again. Thank you all for indulging that and not lighting the torches. Our last question. How does your family manage extra participation expenses? Uh, example, kids' events, NAYC, camps, retreats, um, all of the little things that come up in the year. And, Ryan, if you don't mind, I want you to prepare to talk about the tote concept that I've, I've heard you talk about, about the totes. Lacey can, Lacey can help you. Pastor Andrew, you want to start us off? Yeah, I just, uh, just sent a calendar out today. If all the parents received that, I'm sorry for all the bras or texts I sent out. Uh, somebody raised their hand. Thank you. <laughs> I worked hard on that. <laughs> I was waiting on one date to confirm, and then it was set. Um, we put cost estimates on these trips this time, so it helps you plan and budget for the year, because I know we're getting ready to be prepared to go into to breaking ground. So we need to make sure that we're, we're on top. I actually put priorities on the event. So the way we look at things is we, we obviously we know sometimes – we can't go to everything. What we want everyone to go to is obviously want them to come to church, to youth group, and we come midweeks. But we have opportunities to have fun and fellowship. So we have lower cost things and then things that cost more. And then we prioritize those by what we think is most important. So youth retreat is number one. If you can't go anything else, go to youth retreat. So we kind of give, we open the door to say, hey, it's okay 
If you can't make it to all these extracurriculars, but go to Youth Retreat. If you can budget for Youth Retreat, you can do that. We have found out that people can afford uh, what they want. So if that's a pair of Air Jordans, <laughs> they want me to say it one more time. People can't afford what they want. So if they want a pair of Air Jordans, if they want an iPad for Christmas, if they want an iPhone for Christmas, it's probably a good idea for Christmas to say, hey, this is what we did. Our boys love going to the cafe. How do you budget for the cafe? Every single Sunday. We buy them a gift card. Thank you, Jesus. Now Isaac lost his gift card. <laughs> so we've got to find it. Um, so we, but you can't afford what you want. You really can. If, if you really look at it, take a hard look at what some things, that maybe you don't need the Xbox game. Maybe, maybe, you don't need, maybe you don't need that subscription. Maybe you don't need to watch Netflix all the time. Maybe you can take those costs and compute it into an event. That, that again, returns eternal things, right, for the, for the youth and um, for our children. We do the same thing. And so, but you can prioritize things. I, I think as youth retreat and then camps and HYC and those kind of things, Kings Island trips. Um, there's also the element of giving to missions. So we have the trips, the missions, we give to missions. We want a lot of young people giving to the missions this year. We believe that can happen because God is good and he can provide that for us. And we're going to give to the building as a youth group. We're going to do all that. Now that on, on paper looks impossible. It looks, how can you even do that? Well, but with, with God, all things are possible. And we have to be good stewards. And this is what a, what a perfect opportunity. What a perfect opportunity to teach our children how to budget, how to, how to plan for things, and how to prioritize things that they need and that they don't need. What a need is versus a want, those kind of things. Doesn't mean we can't have nice things. I love watching the young people walk in with nice, fresh shoes. Woof, nice. I'm trying to learn all the new words. I won't even attempt one right now because I'll get in trouble. Uh, but that's how we do it. We, 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 try to, we try to make them understand that a lot of the events the youth group has, they do cost money. We don't try to make money. We're not a business. We're a ministry. And, and sometimes we come under, thank you, Lord, of our budget. And so you can afford what you want to afford. For us, I go back to every year. We do, we do a lot of the same events, believe us or not. We do marriage treat most, you know, take out a COVID year maybe, but we do marriage treat most years. We have youth retreat most years, every year. There's NAYC every other year. There's HYC. So even if, even if you can't budget for all of them, we look at things in advance. When we're planning out our calendar for 2022, I just assume it's going to happen. Whether or not it happens or not, if it gets canceled, we assume so when we, we're, we're managing our family finances, we'll create sinking funds, you know, you know good old-fashioned sinking fund, save money back for these events. And when the admin teams are playing these, whether it's, whether it's Brother Derek or whoever's playing some of these events, most of the time there's, you know, pay this amount by this date, pay this amount by this date. They're helping you by creating like a, almost like, hey, they're giving you a heads up. Hey, this amounts due this day. Plan. Plan for it. But most of the time, we, we just look at the next year's calendar and just plan for it. We, ha- we have to. But what, the way, the way we, we want to plan that, I mean, I, you know, with Lacey and I doing several side hustles, side hustles, even if something pops up, we'll work just a little bit harder. So that way, you know, Samuel, Anna, 
they can go on, they can go to wherever they need to go, just because we're willing to, we don't want to waste any opportunity for them to experience things, especially for the kingdom of God. Okay. Um, by popular demand, I'm going to tell my, my tote story. Okay. Um, he goes back to um, probably maybe, maybe, maybe number two about uh, teenagers, what, what things we did whenever I was a teenager, whenever I was in the youth group. Uh, buying clothes, going to school, you know, wearing Lucky Brand jeans back before they were sold at Sam's Club. They were only sold at the Buckle. He had to work at the Buckle in order to be able to afford them. Um, was coming to church and always looking nice. You know, Sunday night you wore your best and we would go to Sunday school, go out to eat, and then we'd go to the mall and buy something new and fresh for for Sunday night, and I remember going to like a, I don't know that they called it NAYC or Holiday Youth Convention, maybe they did back those days, and I thought of, you know, Indianapolis, big, you know, everybody had it all together, that kind of thing, and and Pastor and Sister Tammy came, and that was the frame of mind, you know what I mean, we had to have the best, always had to have new, new, and we we were people in the church were getting married and having babies and sister Tammy was taking them maternity clothes and putting them in totes and passing them around the church family so then every couple didn't have to go buy new maternity clothes as a as a church family they, they we, we passed them around and it was a paradigm shift of I didn't come to church to impress you because of my shoes or my coat, my jacket, or um, it's just kind of that stigma, you know, um, imprinted on me when we were newly married and we were giving and just thinking things I didn't go buy. I don't go buy a, I don't go buy a lot of clothes. Um, you know, I buy new pants. She'll buy me new pants at Sam's Club if I got too much grease on them. You know, so, but I'm not, it's not materialistic. It's not materialistic because the kingdom isn't materialistic. This, this body isn't materialistic. You know, it's not HYC and Gucci. You know, you don't have to go to there with Gucci. You know, you'll, you'll get a blessing. You'll get a blessing at the altar at HYC with a Sam's Club t-shirt, with a button-up instead of, you know, Gucci. I'm going to pick on Gucci because I don't know none of them. <laughs> I don't know anything else. You know, and, you know, they never know. They might sell some Gucci with a missing, with, with a missing button at Sam's Club or something. But I'm just saying that it's, it's where we at. Where's our mind? Where's our mind? When we leave this place, am I coming to impress you? No, I'm here to love you. You know, I'm here to build you up. I'm here to wipe the, you know, wipe the faces. That's a nicer word. Of, the, of your kids. You know, they probably got some kind of a Rona when they're walking in here. And I'm 
you know, giving them high fives and giving them, you know, whatever, make them smile. But so, yeah, it's probably baby something, apple something. But it's it's not. This isn't fashion, right? I mean, I want to match. I, you know, I took a shop rag and buffed my shoes. I didn't even use polish, but I, you know, I want to look nice and presentable. But I'm not. I'm not. You know, we're not going to spend all of our finances every week, month, however people every other week to impress. You know, Pastor taught us. If you take care of that shirt, you'll wear it for 20 years. <laughs> if it's got spandex in it. So, you know, you take care of it. Take care of it, it'll hey, last you a long time. Those flex fits are great. The flex Stretch fits, fit's awesome. Flex fit's great. Amanda told me to stop, but I, oh, whatever. But, you know, take care of your stuff. Polish, you know, put polish on your shoes. Um, hang your shirt back up. Don't throw it on the floor so you can, you know, take care of your stuff. Uh, my shirt's the same as that carpet. I learned to take care of my, my church clothes when I was young. And, they, and now that I'm older, I know how to appreciate. You know, how many hours do I have to work to buy that $50 dress shirt? How many hours? Well, if they took taxes out and all the... Right? Does anybody shop like that? That's why I don't shop. Um, but taking care of the stuff so that when that $60 payment's due for three children or whatever, you know, and the side hustles and, and you know, take care and, and work hard and love hard and give and serve. Um, I'm not the I don't have to be sitting here talking but it works it works for me um, we're together we're the family we we are the family the right hand needs the left foot the left foot needs the right hand and these you know these we need each other I think we've got to do it together I think of um the same tote concept you can think of. There's so many people in here in the trades. Um, maybe we're not vast in the trades, but we need something done in our homes. And how many people in our church family has went to our homes and helped us? I know Mike Hedges has came to my house uh, and helped me patch holes in the walls and, and save money that way. He did it because he wanted to be a blessing. He wasn't, I wasn't trying to, to exploit him. But the same thing with the tote concept is we help each other out. That's what we do. And so my dad, growing up, Kinder was, he, we didn't take our cars. I, mean, I can remember this because my mom and dad were baby boomers. And they thought of the provision before they actually spent anything. We, we kind of just spend and we think about it later. That's our generation. But we didn't take our cars, we, we didn't take our cars to the auto body shop. My dad figured it out. And I may not have had a car for three or four weeks because we're just going to try to figure it out that's how we save money that's how you do that and so I've, I've learned a lot of that from my dad I always say I, if I can be half as frugal as mom and half as handy as my dad I'm in good shape um, but it, we need to do more of that we have, a, we have a good resource in YouTube I've learned how to wire a, a, a furnace this past year a heater 
into my house. Never done that before in my life because of YouTube. Thank you. Um, I've, learned how, I've learned how to do these things because we have so many tools in our hand now, but we don't have to spend for an HVAC technician to come out. Now, don't get in trouble and <laughs> make it worse, but I think of that same thing. We have so many people in our family that helps each other out. That will go, we'll go meet you somewhere at your house if you're struggling with something. My pipes burst. Um, my brother-in-law Craig came by, and, and my dad, my dad came over. And these these guys come help, and I have no idea to do. I'm, I'm struggling. I don't want to spend much of money, and so uh, we have we have a, we have an awesome family. Same thing as the Toads. The common theme that I'm hearing, and I've only been here for almost four years, so y'all correct me if 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 I'm wrong. The common theme that I'm hearing is that more than enough did not just start in 2021. It's been around for a long time. The concept, the apostolic apostles concept of sharing and everyone is family and it is sin to you if it is, if good is in your hand and you withhold it and you not and you do not do it that apostolic concept has been running in this church for a very long time i am very thankful about that i'm glad that more than enough was not just this brand new thing in 2021 and i feel personally biasedly that because it's running so deep in the culture of this church that it won't be very hard to break ground. It, it won't be very hard for any of us to break ground with all of this already already rumbling inside of us and, and understanding. I, I'll, I'll never forget whenever Pam Hoopengarner, Pam Hoopengarner, God bless her heart, came up to me with a tote of clothes the first year that I moved here. I had never been anywhere that someone had just brought clothes to me. I was so touched. I, I, I must have tried on all those clothes two or three times and just, and, and just looked at them. I still have some of them. Sister Pam, I do. And it touched me so much that I was like, wow, I'm in a family now. I didn't just transfer and relocate to a new church. I'm in a family now. I am. New Life, we're going to break ground this year. We're going to break ground this year. We are. Can we all stand before we turn this over to Pastor for any closing remarks, if he feels so led? I asked uh, Ryan Wallace to pray over us. Ryan Wallace, for those of you that don't know, is an anointed man of God. And he is, he's one of the funniest people I've ever been around. But his love for God runs so deep. His convictions run so true. And I truly believe that he has an anointing on his life. That he has already started breaking ground in his own life and his own family a long time ago. And Ryan, do you mind just, just speaking a blessing over all of us and praying over all of us before we leave? Lord, we thank you for this night. We thank you for everything that you do for us. We thank you for leading, guiding, and directing us. We pray that you would stir our hearts and um, continue to, to change us, show us things that we need to change and work on. And Lord, we pray that you would break ground in our heart and our spirit in our families in every single way that you possibly can. And we Thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, first of all, let's give our group a great big hand.
because we've talked about finances and money and management, but breaking ground, there's also an area of faith, and we need to break some ground in faith. So I know you're unprepared for this, but we're just going to spend five, five, seven minutes here. Chris, I just want you to address the steps of faith that you have taken in your life to bring you here and where you've come from. You've hinted if people have been paying attention, they heard things. I have to pay real close attention the last time you were teaching. And then I also had to have an interpreter. Tammy is the interpreter, so she tells me what I just heard. And then when I... When I get the interpretation, I'm, I'm just, it's, I'm blown away. <clears throat> You've come a long way, so we have to break ground in faith. If we don't do that, this is all a systematic analytical approach. So help us a little bit. How do we take the step to expand our faith? And how did you do that? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I have learned early on that... You don't put God in a box. His ways are higher than our ways, and what he wants for our life is higher than what we want for our life. And when we put God in a box, we are tying his hands, and we are inhibiting him from what he truly wants to do for our lives. And so when you step out in faith, and you're saying, God, there's no box like, you're giving God free control. And is it scary? Absolutely. But there's no contingency plan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you step out in faith, have no contingency plan. Saying, God, if this doesn't work, if you don't show up, I'm going to go back. There's no going back. For my life, there is no going back. There is too much at stake if I would say, God, I'm going back. I have to have faith in God that he's going to guide my steps right where I need to be. Amen. And if he says, Crystal, I want you to step out in faith and give this amount of money. I don't have it. That's not what I asked. I want you to give. Okay. And it's amazing how it, how it appears. God gave us a number in... We had a talk because I'm like, Lord, there is no way that number is going to be possible. Twelve weeks came by, and we were able to exceed what he had asked. Because God is that good. He's just saying, I just want, you to, I just want to know if you'll do it. When he asks you something, he's not asking you something that's impossible. He's just taking you the next step on where you want to be, where he wants you to be. From the get-go, he has intentionally created us, and he has a plan for us. Each step is just to get you a little bit closer to what you were created to be. And, and of course, you made mention again of the finances, but these are, these are, there's many more, there are many more steps than just giving. The, taking a step of faith sometimes is worship, and sometimes it's belief. It's not always understanding, but it's living by obedience. It has nothing to do with money. Um, <clears throat> Lacey, I wanted you to speak about, about something in your life. And that is about you break ground 
you know, when you, when you look at ground, it's kind of hard, and it's sometimes it's intimidating to get to, you know, to think of what that could be. And when you walk into this room, it looks so big and vast. It, I grew up in a little church, you know. Dad, one time we had 140 people, but that didn't, that didn't last long. We, we went back down to where we, where we were before. Uh, we didn't just have church splits, man. We just had, we had explosions all the time, you know. Um, but we had faith and, 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 and sometimes we were hovering around a hundred, but, you know, I can remember going from little church into a big church and singing on a platform and seeing a lot of people it was intimidating. When you walk into this place, you can see, a, oh, there's a tall ceiling there. Well, there wasn't supposed to be a tall ceiling. It's just that it cost a lot of money to put in a drop ceiling. So we didn't have enough money to put in the drop ceiling. So we just spray painted the top. That's why it looks so tall. That was because we ran out of money. You know, it wasn't because we were trying to get a big ceiling. So we just dry fall everything. But when you walk in here, you have to break ground too, right? I mean, you have to transfer your brain. This is not a large church. This is a family. This is a loving place. So how did, how did you leap over that? Because I know you started in the North Campus, but when someone walks in here, they might say, well, I don't know. I'm used to 20 people. And I always say, you know, if people like to have a small church and they want to go to a, a small church, you should pray to God that that church never has revival. If they, if you ever reach people, you'll blow that, the doors off of that church. So just pray that that small church never has revival. That way you can be comfortable the rest of your life. As long as no one's ever saved, no one ever comes, then you can be comfortable. Did you catch my sarcasm? That was sarcasm. Extreme sarcasm. Now, just for your sake, Ryan, I'm glad you're wearing, you match, you match. Uh, I, I want my, uh, I'm not with you in 100%. But you keep, someone's got to shop at Sam, so I, I ain't doing that. I'm sorry. But I'm going to give. I'm going to give. My dogs gave. My, even my dogs gave. Amen. $12,000. My dogs gave $12,000. Praise the Lord. Okay, so, Lacey, you know, we have to break ground. You've got to get, you have, to, sometimes you have to transfer your mind and how did, how, help us to be involved. How, how do we feel like we're apart? We have to break ground into that. First of all, North Campus was this to me. <laughs> okay. So when we walked into North Campus, I grew up in a minister's home, but a very small congregation. I think we maybe topped 100 occasionally in my childhood, and we came from a small church. And so North Campus was big to me. It felt like this. I think the best thing that I ever did was stop making assumptions in my mind. Sister Melanie said the other night on a Wednesday night that our brain can create realities yes, right. that we made up, but then they exist. And for me, I am that type of personality. It's discipline of my mind. And so the best thing that I did was stop making realities. No one's going to talk to me today. I don't know who to sit with. What if I never get to serve? What if no one notices my gifting? What if no one notices what I can operate in? I had to stop it. That is a seed of the enemy. All right, all right. 
He does not want us to come into a place that can challenge us and grow us. And in most situations, we do not grow when we are comfortable. We have to remember that. If you came into this building, either the Lord spoke to you and told you to come here, or God directed your steps. God doesn't make mistakes. All right. All right. We're offensive to God when we start to question why we're here. Uh oh. Yes. If God called you here, you're here for a reason. Come on. Maybe it's a season of growing. Maybe it's a season of challenge. Maybe it's a season where your family needs to be your focus and your family becomes your ministry. But whatever it is, God called you here. Rebuke the enemy. Cast out the thoughts that are negative and tell you that you aren't anything or nobody cares or nobody loves you. I, I understand that. That is my... I can do that. That is a discipline of my mind. I can let anxiety and fear and insecurity grip and tie the hands of God. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Yes. Release it. Anytime the enemy comes against you when you walk in this house of a negative feeling towards the person you're sitting with or the person across the, the congregation, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Amen. He has called you here. This is your family. This is your home. This is your pastor. If God spoke the word, be obedient. Amen. Beautiful. Uh, Amanda, I'm, I want you to end, end this, and so I'll set this up. Um, there's another breaking ground here, and it, it dawned on me while I was reading uh, my Bible last week. Um, two words jumped out at me in the story of, of Joseph. Joseph becomes um, the favored child of, of his father. Jacob gives him a beautiful coat. His brothers reject him. He is the image of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. He is betrayed by his brothers. He's sold, he's sold off into slavery. He gets to Potiphar's house. He finally gets to Pharaoh's court. And he has two dreams one of them is, is years of plenty. One is a years of, of famine. And, and what, in my, my one-year Bible study, it, it said that he, that he gathered and then he protected. So he gathered in the storehouses and then he protected. Now that is the daily disciplines that you exercise in your life and in your home. But that is not always what everyone does. Um, many people live for the moment. They live for um, the thrill. And then they go through these roller coaster. I'm way up here. I'm loving God. I'm way down. No one cares about me. Then, then the, these roller coaster lives. And as a pastor, I'm very, I'm very concerned because I'm, I'm watching people on fire for God. The next day, they're so depressed and nobody, nobody cares, and I don't even know if I'm going to come back to church, and then does the Lord love me? But I think something that you have excelled in is, is you're, you've learned this process of gathering and then protecting what has been, been gathered. This is breaking ground if we want a consistent life. And consistent life 
gives us confidence and security. It, it, it's, it, it, is, it is a blessing that be consistent, in, especially in a world that is inconsistent. And so I think that there's something that you have to share with us about m- both motherhood you have four children. Actually, you have, you're, you're raising more. You're hell, I think you have six kids in your house. Uh, I'm not including you, Ryan. And, it's, uh, and I wasn't, that's not a dig, but uh, husband, husband, mother, husband, church, family. This is the balance that you have, a balance. So it's the gathering and then protecting. It's protecting your mind, your thoughts, your time. But there's so much to protect now that you've got this, you protect it also. So how do you do that and what are the steps to, to get to that? Because there's some hard ground out here. Because we've been taught, live for the moment. You deserve something. You, the entitlement concept. This is not just for young people, it's for all age groups. There's people who have midlife crisis and they go out and buy a Corvette at 50 years old. This is nonsense, but we're told this is what people should do. Um, even in marriage, you know, there's issues in marriage. People go through massive fluctuations. So I think there's some ground that we need to break, and I'd like you to speak to how do you gather and how do you protect and all of these aspects of, of living. Well, he's correct. Consistency is key. And the Lord has taken me through a lot of seasons in life. I've been the caretaker. I've been the mother. I've dealt with sick parents who've passed on. And um, consistency in your daily life is huge. And it's a mindset. I wake up every day and sometimes I don't feel joyful. I don't feel happy, but I choose to be happy. I choose to be joyful. I choose to be disciplined because I want my children to be disciplined. Um, I Reading your relationship with God is key. And if I can't, if I don't have daily disciplines in my life, then how do I expect to lead you and to my children? But just small things. I haven't gotten here, and I'm nowhere. I'm, I know I'm young. Some of you are so much more experienced and have more wisdom, but I do seek those things every day. I pray. I try to, even if it's five minutes a day, to read and pray and and to, to seek the Lord. It's important. And we've talked a lot about, you know, more than enough and breaking ground. And I think about myself and things I've had to do, especially even this year, the Lord's dealt with me. But we have to break ourselves. If you want to be able to please the Lord and ask the Lord anything, you have to take what's inside of you and get it out. I I believe more than enough. We've talked about a more than enough so much, and I'm thankful for more than enough, but for me, 2022 is enough is enough. I'm tired of the enemy beating us down. I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of worrying because the Lord is our protector. He's our provider. He will take care of us. I have told the Lord this year, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm pulling up everything out of me through prayer and fasting, and I'm giving it to the Lord. There's, There's nothing that can stop me. I'm breaking ground in myself. And I've realized that if I break ground in myself, 
we break it in here, all of you, we're going to break ground out there. If you can break it in yourself, the Lord will allow us to win and to increase. In my home, unity, more than enough to bring a ton of unity to our home. But it's daily discipline. It's not, and I look at my grandparents and my parents, they did the same thing, the mundane. We talked about the mundane, the same thing over and over and over again. And eventually, you're going to get a breakthrough. You're going to hit a roof, and you're going to plateau to the next level. The Lord will do that for you. That's what's happening. But you have to cultivate every little thing in your heart. So to me, breaking ground this year is getting everything out that doesn't need to be in there. And then I'm going to ask the Lord, what do you require of me? What do you want me to do? And I'm going to be obedient. So that's, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm mad at the enemy enough is enough. Some of you need to get that in your head. It is mental. Most of our problems are mental. And we need to get that out of our mind. And we need to start seeking the Lord and break ground this year. Pastor Andrew, you, you, you spoke a lot about parents and kids, but I, I want to just shine a little light. I'm, I'm very nostalgic, um, and I've gotten more nostalgic as I go along. Uh, right here, uh, Elder Heist, Brother Heist sat right here, 94 years old, loving the Lord. And uh, when, he, uh, when he would talk to his wife, he would often talk in terms of affection. He would call her kid. And it was uh, his way of saying love. I love you. You're... And so sometimes after I got done preaching, he hugged me and say, you did really good, kid. Now, of course, you know, he is significantly older than me and, and he could say whatever he wanted to, but he was not demeaning me. He was, that was a term of affection. Um, the other person I was thinking was of Janet uh, Jenkins and Sister Jenkins um, used to uh, prune and, and take care of all of the plants around the church and so I know you've spoken to the young people I want to speak to the elder segment and the older segment are anyone who's not part of the youth group uh, or the college and career uh, you know who you are um, um, when, when Sister Jenkins passed away she left something in her will for the church. Now, that's probably happened in many, many churches, uh, but, uh, but it, 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 that was the first time that it ever happened here, and I can't get that out of my system, because what she decided was, I'm not going to just um, leave this without something else after. She had no, she would not want me to say what I'm saying. She would not want me to mention this. But see, she can't stop me because she's resting with the Lord. Hopefully she's sleeping. So, uh, don't haunt me. Uh, so, uh, uh, so she's, she's with the Lord. But I would just say to all of those that are not uh, 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 the adults, you also can sacrifice and you also can prune and you also can make gifts to God. And you also need to, need to be prepared to give everything that you can and prep your life to give to the Lord. Now, why do we talk about money? Because you see, there's only two masters. It's not God and the devil. Jesus said there's only two masters, God or money. 
So in the world, there's only two things to serve. You can either serve God or you can serve money. And where your heart, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So um, I would just, I'm just saying, prepare. As you give and sacrifice, God not only replenishes you with many things, but other doors open up to you. Other other things open up to your life. And there is a blessing that you cannot contain. Men will give to you, press down. To, the Bible says to your bosom. It's, it'll be running over, plus you open up windows of heaven. So there's things that we're going to do. Now, this is not just about funds and money, but there's other things to give. There's giving time. There's giving prayers. Uh, there's giving efforts and energy. Uh, by the way, Ryan, I want to go back to my shoes. I'm going to buy some nice shoes. Because uh, we don't have any other vices. I just have nice shoes and a nice tie. So get off my back. Um, uh, 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 so, I'm, I'm giving, but I'm also going to have... I'm, I, I, I won't buy the ones I wanted, but I'm, I'm going to prepare. You, you've made me feel really bad about myself, but... Uh, but I'm not going to last. That's of the devil. So look. So 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 watch this. I think what Amanda is trying, not trying. I think what she said, and I'll repeat it. You live every day, consistent every day. This is not a roller coaster. This is a every day, line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Take one piece of paper, you can rip it. No big deal. But if you take that same piece of paper and you add to it a hundred days in a row, you've got, it's hard to rip that. It's hard. You, the devil can't chase you away when you have a hundred consecutive days of praying. Somebody came up to me and said, boy, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to know that, what you know. I said, what did I know? He said, well, the, you know, you were quoting the Bible. I said, oh, well, that's no big deal. You can do that. They said, well, 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 how do I do it? I said, well, I started memorizing the scripture when I was 12. I'm 54. 42 years. Just do it for 42 years. You can do that too. I memorized the book of John, Mark, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, the Pentecostal doctrines, which was 1,027 uh, verses. I used to be able to quote to my Bible quiz coach, who's on the back row, Sister Huttiger, I quoted the book of Acts from the last verse to the front verse. I did that. That's what I did. She reminded me. She said, when you were, whatever, 13 or 14, I brought my briefcase to the church with my, with my Bible quiz cards and sat in a rocking chair downstairs in the basement and quoted my, all my verses. So just do that for 42 years and then you got it. I keep telling everyone, you go to the bank, you want money, but you don't have the money. You go to the Lord. This is what Amanda's talking about. You go to the Lord, you want something from the Lord, but you've never made the deposit. You cannot withdraw something you've never deposited. So you want the scripture? Put the scripture. This is what I did this morning. I read the scripture. I read some Bible. I read that scripture before, but I read it again. I had it underlined. I had some notations, but I wrote a new note by it. Praise God, because you're never going to exhaust the word of the Lord. You want your family saved? You want them to live in the church before the Lord? As an apostolic, bring in the church. You want them to be worshipers? Come to the front yourself and worship. Do something. If you want them to be duds, bump on a pickle, the frozen chosen, sit in the back, fold your arms, and balance your checkbook. You want them to be gossipers? Stay. You gossip. You get online. You talk about everybody. Bring that to your kitchen table and feed them that every Sunday afternoon. And then they're... Amen. Sorry. Tammy's not here to, uh, to stop me. But Sister Kendra is here to support me. I'm feeling invigorated. <laughs> you, you, you want a wholesome family? Go to your 
go to your bedrooms, go to your living room, take down every picture that's vulgar. If you, listen, if you want your children to be lost, I'll give you the top 10 ways for your kids to be lost when they're 30. Would you like to have that? It's, it's very easy. It's very easy. Live half-heartedly like a hypocrite. Don't give, don't love, don't serve. Talk about people, complain about everything, and whine. Whine. And if you, if you exhaust that, then become Eeyore. <laughs> Nobody loves me. And walk around like Eeyore. I'm not Eeyore. I'm Tigger. If you got to be somebody, be Tigger. Bouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun. And the most wonderful thing about Tigger is he's the only one. That's not the way to end this, but I feel like we should stop. We're going to break ground. Now, we got to break ground in our hearts and not just in the dirt out there. We're going to break ground because I'm praying that you'll become a soul winner, Bible study teacher. And you say, I've never done that before. Come on, break ground. Break ground. I'm ready for you. You might say, listen, I, I've never worshipped like that before. This is the year you're going to get out and you're going you're to do some things you've never done. We're going to break ground. We're going to break ground. Come on, stand with me. We're going to break ground. We're going to break ground in the Holy Ghost because we're going to see revelations and miracles and signs and wonders and revival and baptisms. Come on, let's put our hands together. Out of your mouth, just praise the Lord. He's a good God. We're going to break ground today. Amen. 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 Ryan has already prayed, and I thank you for that, Ryan. And I, and I thank you, Sister Kendra, for your, your investment in what we're doing and just leading us into this. We don't want to, we're not just putting on, and Sister Kendra doesn't put on a, she's not putting on a positive face. This is the heart of sincerity, and the Lord uses her in many, many gifts. One of the first things that she saw when she came here, she told me, she said, I see a, a host of angels just hovering on the back wall. She sees things in the spirit. There's powerful things that happen in this house. Amen. And we're going to see more powerful things. We are going to break ground. It's coming. I want, what I want you to do is, I want you to go home and take an assessment of your life. Money, Bible, prayer, witnessing, unity, your attitude, your spirit, your love for one another and for the lost. Take a full assessment. Amen. Then gather it and then protect it. Amen. Everyone said in Jesus' name. All right. We're, we're going to have a great service on Sunday, and the Lord's going to bless us. I'm dismissing you. Go in peace. Love one another. Thank you.